0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode. I know that there are a few I far (laughs) in between. It's a really big problem of like inspiration slash motivation, which is not going to be one of the things I'm going to talk about in this episode. Um, Hope you've been good. Um, Happy sheltering in place. Happy quarantine. Happy isolation. (laughs) Yeah, no, so... (laughs) but <laughs> the other day we heard someone say my friend and i heard someone say happy corona day and we were just like what kind of greeting is that like i don't understand it it's like it's strange it would just be strange just, I'm just like whatever man really like i'm trying i leave it to them anyways um so before i start before I get into the other stuff... Well, I have three main things I want to talk about. Um, the first one is obviously about... You know, what's going on in America. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it... Because I feel like... A lot of people are better equipped... And they've, you know, really poetically... And... I don't use the word properly... But effectively... You know, pass the message across. You know, it's... We've gone past the the place of you know just you know hashtags on twitter and instagram i'm not really a big social media person like i don't really post and comment and stuff you know but as i've been scrolling the past few days i've really been seeing a lot of people post about and share about you know the issue of you know black people being Pretty much, this one was like proper. I mean, they're all like proper, proper murders, you know. And it's like always murdered, and the cops seem to keep getting away with it. And you uh, have people really fought for the, you know, police that knelt on George Floyd's neck till he died. Um, you know, people pushed for him to get a charge, and you know he came, they came up with the third degree um, murder charge, which you know. Obviously, that's too low, but because of how justice, the justice system works, because justice system is not really fair. It's just more of who can present the best arguments. So um, so what I was reading, like someone explained, I don't know how true this is, but someone explained that a couple of people actually, they said that the reason why they chose third degree instead of second degree was because just to ensure that there's a conviction or to... Increase the chances of there being an actual conviction. Because if it was second-degree murder, um, things would get iffy. And then I saw a headline that said that, oh, that he had pre-existing conditions and blah, blah, blah. That the autopsy report did not show any, um know, the effect of, like, the strangled... Like, the effect of strangulation, which they use in the medical term and stuff. And it's just like, you know it gets tiring and then so what i realized today is so we're doing um devotion this morning and we read acts 11 and this was after peter had gone to cornelius's house to preach to them and get them to receive the holy spirit and when peter came back they were like wow you went to the gentiles and you stayed in their house like why would you do that and, you know, while they were not necessarily racist, they thought the Gentiles were unclean, so they did not associate with them, you know. And it's just a shame because I just realized that this thing happened over 2,000 years ago, and here we are, we're supposed to be more progressive, more open, more liberal, more whatever, cultured. And we're still in the same struggle of, you know, some people thinking that they're better than others, you know, Banky W. even and, you know, tweeted about it, you know, it's all over the world, you know, in America, it is racism and colorism, in you know, most African places, it's tribalism, there's also some, you know, speckles of colorism, you know, dripping here and there, you know, even in Asia, there's also colorism, especially like in India, you know, where they discriminate against the darker skinned ones, so it's just really a sad state of the world in which realise that well, I've not really made that much progress, like you know, like, we're all the same, we all bleed red, there are so many analogies and symbolisms for this, you know, but, I don't know, I just, honestly, it just makes me very weak and very sad, because it's like, this is, this is what we're doing, this is, you know, this is what's still happening, and, you know, I'm not even in America, and I thank God for that, but, you know, here, I also get discriminated against, it's not as bad, nowhere near as bad and most of it is just jokes, so it's okay. You know, but there like your life is literally in danger. You know, you have to use Sassy videos, you know, you have to hear about kids being confused and when kids realising through these incidents that either black kids really like having to be told that, you know, you you cannot like you know what it means to say that you cannot trust the people who are literally put in charge of protecting you it's a, it's best with your mind, basically, so, um, it's a very messed up situation, this is why I didn't want to talk about it, but I just feel like I wouldn't end with the resolution, I will just kind of ramble a bit, and I don't really know, uh, obviously the solution is, you know, nobody should be racist, or tribalist, or any form of segregation now, about you know, just no no segregation of any kind. You know, everybody should think of everyone as equal. Obviously, it's easier it's easier said than done. You know, for some reason, some you know. Let's <sighs> not go to the topic of white privilege because that's a whole other kettle of fish. And <sighs> yeah, I'm not an activist, um, but obviously, it's definitely not right. And you know, I just heard sort to of all pray for the families that have you know lost people you know, to police um brutality and I just pray that God should just help them um to be able to somehow live a good life even though that they lost their husband, father, brother. It's very heartbreaking, honestly. Um it's very heartbreaking. Okay. So I'm going to try to switch now to other things because it's so heavy, you know what I mean? Like it's just like and' God be with everybody. Okay, so um, two things. So I just finished reading this book by Elaine Welteroth. The book is so interesting. I took a long time reading it because ugh, this quarantine time has just once again, like I said earlier on, inspiration, motivation. I just ugh, the lethargy is too much. So it took me a long time to finish the book. But today, I was just like, I'm going to finish it. So I just read through the last five chapters. So I just want to read what the conclusion says because I feel like it was so powerful. The whole book is very powerful. She, you know, even though she doesn't tell you what her next step is. So basically, it's about her from her childhood to how she realized that, you know, she wanted to work in fashion magazine. So she started with Ebony, then she went to Glamour. Then she ended up at Teen Vogue, she was was, was, was the youngest and first black, or youngest and second black, something like that, um, editor of Teen Vogue, and then she really changed the magazine around from just being all about fashion, and you know how a lot of older adults like to discredit our generation and the Gen Z's and they think that we're all just shallow and we don't think about anything, we're all airheads. You know, she kind of changed that narrative, you know, by um, really exposing, like, you know, giving a voice to the people, you know, in that in that generation, like Yara Shahidi, you know, like, trying to really show the world through how she ran the magazine, through the, the you know, the covers, the posts that were in there, you know, she really tried to expose that, okay, you know, young people are not just... just in bronzer, swimming suits and stuff, which is, there's nothing wrong with being just in those things, but you cannot minimize the whole of... a whole generation, you know, as shallow, just because maybe you saw a couple of them that are shallow, but even those ones, I'm sure if you had conversations with them, you'd actually be shocked at what you find out, you know. So she because <clears throat> that's what it was about you know like how how she knew when it was time to move and stuff and how she learned how to come into her own you know she talked about her relationships too and she dated somebody that was abusive you know she didn't let go on time and just how she met all these really incredible people and how her life you know changed for the better so it's a really nice book she's i mean the only thing is well, very different because how she knew what she wanted to do things. You know, university days so you know and you know i had the fact that she you know she believes she's christian or yeah or she believes in god and you know she was talking about you know throughout the throughout the book she would reference god you know at critical points like i see god has done it again like you know she didn't actually she didn't attribute everything to herself she attributed opportunities to god like you know god opened my eyes because you know something told her to look at everybody magazine, you know, because before she she was looking forward to an Essence internship and then (coughs) something just told us to look at Ebony magazine and then she did and she went down the rabbit hole and found uh, this woman named Harriet who was, I think she was the editor of Ebony at that time and, you know, so she was offered the Essence internship but she turned it down for to work with Ebony and then from being an intern at Ebony she ended up working there and stuff and... (coughs) what she said was that it was it, it was a good move for her because that was shortly before there was a huge um, load of fire I it was for 2008 or so so like you know and then that that time there was you know lots of fashion houses were laying off people so if she had gone with essence it would have been a great internship but then after that she wouldn't have you know had a job she would have you know been laid off and stuff so you know <coughs> she was just talking and talking and she really talked about her experiences and you know she's um, half black half white so she talked about that as well you know being other being different you know in that space and it was really interesting it's a really interesting book like it's not a political like or being black and all kind of things it's not like it's (coughs) like everybody can read it and relate to it but then again i'm also black so what do i know Um, Anyways, I'm just going to read the conclusion now. I don't want this episode to be too long. And I feel like it's going to be too long if I keep rambling. Also, I don't think my voice is the most lively. So I'm just going (laughs) to get this out of the way. Um, It says, Our lives are a series of dreams realized. We don't say that enough. Instead, we repeatedly ask children, What do you want to be when you grow up? As if one answer, one dream, one career path Can define you throughout your whole life. The truth is job titles are temporary but purpose is infinite there are no destinations no happily ever afters in real life no glossy pots of gold at the end of the rainbow there are only new beginnings just as you reach your first summit you'll find a new horizon awaits one with new mountains to climb new peaks and valleys to wander across trust that life will continue molding you challenging you and readying you for your next adventure but only you can choose to walk away from what no longer serves you to leave what you've already conquered and to step boldly into what's next when you find yourself existing in the space between dreams realized parts of you will feel too big for where you are while other parts of you will feel too small for where you're going go anyway do not wait do not wonder if you can do not ask for permission when you get lost it's okay to stop to look up to look within for the answers they are always there and when the world tells you to shrink expand remember you have done enough you are enough you were born enough oh the world is waiting on you as in you may want to start crying (laughs) you know the end like you were born enough that hit me like chest wise you were born enough you know, a lot of people, I think this relates more, I don't know, I think I've talked about this here, but, um, yeah, you know, that's related to something I was thinking about last week, you know, our, our self-worth and our value, and how we place it in things we've accomplished, and when we're not doing well in our career, or in our love life, we tend to just think, oh, I'm a failure, I'm not worth much, all those kind of things, and, you know, <clears throat> what I was trying, what I hope I want people to receive, you know, Is you know what she said, you're enough. Like you were born enough. Like when you were born, you had everything complete. The worth is intrinsic. It's not based on what someone tells you your worth. It's not based on what kind of salary they offer you. It's not based on your grades in school. It's not based on what you look like. It's not based on how many girls or how many guys like you. It's not based on how many followers you have. And I know that some of us know this and we just, we just, it just means to internalize it, but I feel like as long as we continue to attempt to internalize it, when we're successful in internalizing it, then that's the real... That's the milestone right there, you know? It took it took a long time, even for me. I still struggle with it from time to time because I keep saying I'm behind in life, you know? And people keep on being like, stop saying that and stuff. And I'm like, nah, I'm behind. Like, truly... Really, because if I based on my own life plan, then once again, it's not like, you know, it's not like somebody told me you're behind. It's based on my own life plan, based on my own life plan at this point, you know, I should have been higher up in my career, you know, probably married, you know, probably like living, having like having my own house, you know, having like investment savings, probably having traveled a bit more and all these other wonderful things that, you know, are things that. They're nice to have, and of course, if I could, if I was offered all that tomorrow, I would take it. But you know, this is only for me too. I have to just absorb that I'm enough, you know, and just be like, I was born enough, you know, intrinsic value and all that stuff. You know, which is why I don't really seem like a a person that stresses. Like, if you know me in real life, and most of the time, I'm pretty level-headed and pretty calm and pretty just zen. Until times I'm not. <laughs> when I am not, I am very much so not. I don't know that I'm angry. I think times like when I worry and I'm telling somebody my worries, like you know, my worries can really they can what's the word? Paralyse me, paralyze me is the, is the is the phrase I'm looking for. They can paralyze me. So I just Yeah, gotta keep pushing, you just gotta keep, you know. Meditating on the fact that you're enough, you're born enough. You know, when God made you, He made you perfectly with all the worth and value. You don't need to do anything to be like, oh, you know, like I remember how I used to think about myself and the only time I started thinking of myself as cool was when I learned how to play the drums. I was like, oh now nah, I'm cool. You know, so that means that I already thought that I wasn't cool before. I thought I was like this kind of studgy and just I don't know. This was when I was younger, I just imagine the kind of things I think about. I was just <laughs> I'm an old bird and a weird soul <laughs> i love it so the moral of the story is that you are enough and as long as you never forget that you know you would you would um, value yourself you know you wouldn't let someone take you for granted or take advantage of you because when you know that you have intrinsic worth and intrinsic value and that you are important just because you are you wouldn't let someone just, you know, treat you anyhow, right, so please, let us internalize that, myself included, okay, so finally, you know, this is, you know, talking about motivation, because clearly, if I was motivated, and if I was feeling all the inspiration, I would have finished reading this book a long time ago, and it was so disappointing, it disappoints me so much, because I know that I can sit down and finish this whole book in one day, that was disappointed. the book is slightly long though it was like 500 and something pages but i could still finish it in one day like so it was just i'm like but what's actually your problem some days i will forget that i have a book i'm reading and stuff so i just started thinking about this whole quarantine period and i realized that in the first month which was like april Wow, was it april yeah oh, i'm almost June. jesus okay so april i was very active you know anything to do i was you know i was working really hard i'm still working like with office stuff uh-huh. my if it's job job stuff i still do it like proper proper and uh-huh. talking about other stuff i was very you know ready willing to go you know excited just and then this may i just started noticing that ah uh, i'm just like Uh, it's like I need a coffee injection to wake me up I don't drink coffee FYI and I don't like injections either so these are just (laughs) figures of speech if you will Um, but yeah I realized that you know motivation is definitely like for me I work best under inspiration like if anything any piece of work that I do I'm not inspired I don't like it sometimes I literally almost have a physical reaction to it like I just I cannot, it's such a disturbance, you know. So I, I work on inspiration, ask my closest friends, he'll tell you that everything is like, ah, it's fine, if she doesn't say inspiration, she's it's like, mm, yeah, she has not started working, you know. In those, uh, I'll be, like, be like, nah, inspiration has to come, and everything is because of anxiety. You know, when I start feeling a lot of pressure, I get anxiety, and anxiety basically just cripples. So it's not an excuse, of course um i am trying to find ways to deal with that um i was going to talk about that but i just feel like there's nothing for me to say until i kind of figure out a way to deal with it then i can come back and do a whole episode of it of like okay how it started where it where it's at and coping mechanisms that have helped me and i can possibly help so right now nothing is helping so we'll leave it on the side um so back to this motivation and inspiration thing so you know you have those days when you just wake up and you're just like the energizer bunny like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this 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 this." and in those days you accomplish like 10 things or that's like everything on your list you just hit them bam 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 by six seven o'clock you're done you feel amazing you're just like oh this was a day a good day an amazing day right great then you have those days where you're like, okay, you just start feeling very useless and you're like, okay, can I just at least do one thing today? And then somehow, somehow, that thing doesn't get done. And the issue is, (sighs) what am I spending my time doing? Watching shows, which I love. I love watching shows, okay? Let's not get it twisted. It's not a punishment. I love my Netflix. I love my shows, okay? And I know that I'm a big TV person. I know all that, but... I used to be able to juggle that with other things. I know that reading how my reading definitely dropped. Once I went to a place that has light and wifi unlimited <laughs> I know my reading started declining steadily. But I still used to read. I still like like I was still clearing books, like, you know. it was not, was not at the same weight, but I was still clearing books, and now you know to get me to read a book, it's almost. I literally have to decide, and I like, keep my laptop away from me and have no TV on, and just like sit and read, and it's like I have to make a conscious, pre-planned deci- decision, you know. And it's not. It's not I love reading. I like, guess it's not like I'm forcing myself to read. I love reading, like. Have another have another book here to go which is married for layers everything is outable. this one is shorter way shorter so hopefully my testimony will be that i finished this book in one week i know still not great but to be better at you because i didn't want to say how long it took me, it took me to read this book <laughs> it's just embarrassingly long um yeah i don't know if any of you <laughs> struggles with um you know periods in which you're not motivated or you're not inspired or whatever um I also don't have a cure for this really I'm just sharing what I'm going through right now I feel like sometimes when you stay in one place for a long period of time lethargy sets in and you just kind of get tired and it's just almost like you're in quicksand and initially you're still moving and then you know when you get to the part where you can no longer move Mm -hmm. that's how I feel and I don't know so I decided to do this Today so at least I, I do I did two things today. I finished the book and I recorded an episode on a podcast, you know. So at least that's something. Um the thing that I really 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 need to you know get back to work on and really you know is my writing. Um I don't know. I really don't know. This is gonna sound like I'm doing a confessional (laughs) thing. Ah i'm sorry i'm not i'm not i mean i am i guess i am confessing you know that i am struggling with productivity i'm very unproductive these days and it bothers me because when i'm unproductive my body is really like and then also it yeah, affects my sleep because you know when you don't really do it expend energy like that when it's time to sleep your body's not tired suitably tired so you know it's hard to sleep and then you have some bad nights of sleep until obviously after, after like two or three days the body is like oh, okay please please i need to sleep and then you sleep well but that's not the best cycle to put your body on you know so um i really don't know i'm still trying to diagnose why you know the inspiration is gone the motivation is gone and all the lethargy is here so trying to diagnose it and hopefully i find out what it is soon so i can tackle it I feel like I have an idea, but let me flesh it out first. Anyways, I hope that your quarantine period is going better than mine. Or if you can relate, you can let me know. Also, you can leave a voice message or you can hit me up on Instagram. All of this will be in my bio, in the the show notes. Alright, thanks and till next time, bye. one final thing on um, um before I had recorded the previous episode I, I don't think I'd heard about the rape incidences in Nigeria Um, so there's the one of the girl in Benin that she got raped in a church and she was killed with a fire extinguisher and then there was the one in Jigawa that she's alive she's been raped for the past two months by these 11 men who were from this alhaji man so she was in the market you know she was out of school because money situation and yeah so they'll be coming to rape her and they'll be threatening her and stuff and i guess finally she got tired of it and she she spoke up and i'm so glad they arrested the 11 of them i'm like good now for justice to be done that's the issue because the nigerian you know legal system like the definitions of rape and how to prove rape is very very hard to prove rape based on what the nigerian law is currently so for anything to really be done that has to be changed you know it's good that we protest and stuff but in a place where um justice is rarely served you know I don't really know. Because besides the, the rapists, then I have the police. Some of the police, they are corruptible. So if you bribe them, they will say they do not... Uh, they are shall bribeable, you know. And it's like to be bribeable in a rape case. like Because if it was your daughter, you know that no amount of bribe will be enough for you to say that you don't know what happened. You know, so the laws have to change. You know, we as a people, we have to begin to value life. We have to begin to value, you know, everyone as equal. We have to, you know, stop saying that rape is caused by what you are wearing and stuff like that. And we have to start naming and shaming rapists and ensuring that they have a proper punishment and that the law is tilted in the favor of rape victims and not in the favor of rapists because currently in my opinion i'm not a lawyer but i have looked at the laws and it tilts towards the rapists um because they need or somebody needs to uh, give an eyewitness account will someone just be watching rape happen like i don't understand (sighs) anyways just pray for God to heal the 12 year old girl that's still alive and that um, God should keep her and strengthen her and you know may this not be a defining point in her life in a negative way may this be the point from which she goes onwards and upwards and does amazing things with her life and I pray for all the rape victims out there I pray that you know, God heals them from the trauma, you know, enough for them to live their lives and go about their businesses and that, you know, that he would take them up to a particular point in their lives in which they would be able to tell the story without feeling any kind of pinch or pang or like any kind of serious, you know pain or anything and that the trauma would have left and that when they look at their lives one day they'll be like it was it me that is this the same person you know like because I cannot even imagine I can't even imagine how traumatic it is to be raped how about those that have been raped separately how about those that were raped from childhood to adulthood huh my god my heart goes out to them honestly but as a society we need to do better both men and women because there are women that rape young boys too and guys don't talk about it most guys forget it or they just won't talk about it until you know they feel in a safe space and then they say it in a way that they, they think it's funny and I'm like the fact that you're ever laughing at this shows that this trauma is really deep you know guys can be raped too and it is traumatic for them as well you know I don't know what the cure for the I don't like I don't know all the process of dealing with rape. Like I mean I'm even dealing with it, I mean like what the process is for eradicating is. But I definitely feel like it starts with educating both boys and girls. Oh, education is a really huge problem in Nigeria anyways, in general. But I feel like educating, you know, people about the importance of you know, no, don't touch, don't touch anybody. Everybody should put their hands to themselves from a young age. You know, he has things, you he hear all these kinds of stories of, like... <sighs> anyways, it's okay. It is well. Just God should just help us because... And God should show us the way. Because I don't think that we as human beings know the full scope, but all I know is that this 2020 has shown me, like, the depravity of humanity and just the sheer wickedness and... It's low-key scary because I've been living my life in a sort of carefree way. And so it saddens me to think that other people don't get to live their lives this way. And, you know, I have been carefree and nothing has happened, thankfully. Some people have been even more careful than I and things have happened. So that's why I said that it's not... like That's why, you know, when people say all those things, like, nah, bottom line is that it's rapist rape. That is the bottom line. You should stop preaching all this or your dressing, whatever, whatever. Because a man, you know, he can look out like wow, scope you and if you end there. He will not now be like I am entitled to your body You know what I mean? So and it's obviously it's not by dressing, you know. So I don't I don't have to go into all that. So, are people that are raping it's a seventy-year-old woman is yeah there, there about like please? So, and people that are raping children. So that argument does not hold water, please. It really doesn't. So people need to stop using it. Yeah, I feel like a, a, a massive re-education needs to go on. First of all, second of all, when you start feeling those tendencies in yourself tell somebody and get some help, which goes back to what I said, that like, Nigeria needs, you know, we need to have more mental health professionals, we need to have a more, robust, more robust conversations and mental health, you know, and, and like those kind of things, because maybe some of them, you're like, having urges and you just don't know how to deal with it, at least, if we have been able to talk to someone, at least I feel like he will do something, you know, so, in conclusion, I really, really pray that God gives us the way to deal with this thing, to at least reduce it and to curb it in our society so that it's no longer the norm, it's now and anomaly, and Because now it seems like it's the norm because people just keep telling you stories, guys and girls, and they just be telling you stories of what they've went through, you know, from childhood to now and, you know, ranges from sexual harassment with someone just touching you, you know, inappropriately to like... Someone forcing themselves on you just for no reason. Some people say that you're even giving them the eyes, like what eyes, please? Huh. Man says <sighs> well.